Hello and welcome to another episode of Salabcast with myself, Ollie Warner, and Glyn Price. Hi. So, um, first episode, um, we launched the first episode and we had over 200 views in the first day. And at the moment we're up to about 470 views, which is absolutely fantastic. Yep. And the feedback we've had from the fans um, has been great. Um, we were a little bit apprehensive to see what we'd get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really pleased with the feedback we got. And thanks to everyone who made comments. Yeah, it's, it's been cracking. I think for, for the first episode, uh, we've had some really positive comments back from sort of well-respected uh, people around the club as well. Some of, some of the people I've been talking to while I've been up painting the stadium this week have said they've been listening. So um, I think it's an exciting time to uh, to be involved with this now and, and take it forward. And I think we've had quite a lot of great ideas over the last few weeks. Haven't we, only? So we'll have to see where that takes us. So yeah. Yeah, thanks to everyone that listened, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll continue with the, the same level of quality that <laughs> we, we brought in the first episode. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. I um, also had some feedback from a friend of mine that works for the BBC, um, and she works for BBC Breakfast, so that was oh, quite nice. nice to get some feedback from that, so that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I think we were, we were just talking off-air, weren't we, before we came on, about the fact that uh, it's been more difficult to get our significant others to listen to the podcast, because they <laughs> listen to us talk about football all the time, so the, the, the thought of them listening to us ramble on and for another five minutes, well, 35 minutes on a podcast, bit of a difficult sell, wasn't it, Ollie? My wife did listen to it, but you were saying your your other half didn't uh, didn't even bother. <laughs> no, she hasn't bothered yet. So uh, maybe if we keep totting them up, I'll have to maybe put them on a drive somewhere. <laughs> She's got no choice. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Good man. All right. Okay. So um, yeah, as we said in the first episode, we're thinking about having a kind of a bit of a set format, bit of an agenda. Um, today um, we'll be going salop um, news, which we'll try and do every week. Um, we'll also cover games. Obviously, we're not at that point mm-hmm. now. So today we thought we'd talk about a bit of salop news and the Wolves games and transfer news, a bit about the um, EFL um, trophy, yeah. um, and then a bit of stuff that's happening off the pitch. And then also we'll come to the um, the Glyn versus Ollie update, where we have a prediction every week. Yeah. And I think we've we've wrapped into it this time some questions we've had off some of the listeners um, via Twitter, haven't we? So obviously some of the things yeah. we're covering are things we've been asked to sort of have a chat about. So that works quite well. So we'll uh, we'll bring that up as we go through it. So yeah, on to the salad news. So the salad news. Um, I think we're going to start this week with the the first ball that's been kicked in the preseason. Obviously, um, Shrewsbury travelled up to a Wolves yesterday. I'm not sure where the game was, but um, we're, we're recording this on Sunday, so obviously we're 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 a day after the game. But yeah, they they played Wolves in a in a behind closed doors friendly. So there's only a little bit of news has really leaked out about this one so far, isn't there, Ali? But um, I think yeah, we drew two two. I think you got the team that started, haven't you, Ali? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So the, yeah, the game took place at some Wolves training ground. Um, um, Jason Lutfiler started in goal. Joe Joe Riley at right back. Lancashire and McGiven played in central defence with Junior Brown on the left making up the back four. Um, Ian Black and Deegan played in two defensive midfield roles um, with Worley, Dodds, O'Brien um, as a kind of attacking three with um, Leith Smith up front. Um, and the club were quite nice to tell us that um, the team um, did play 4 2 3 1. Um, with Whaley and O'Brien on yeah. the wing. And I think I think Mangan and Barnett scored the goals, didn't they? They Apparently did, yeah. Apparently were 2-0 down and managed to fight back creditably against... I think there was quite a, quite a sort of reduced strength wall squad, wasn't it? Obviously, they had quite a lot of players that weren't quite back yet. Obviously, Dave Edwards being one of them. But, uh, yeah, I guess this, this game's all about sort of fitness, isn't it? And getting players to know each other and sort of working the ball around and stuff. But, yeah, what, what do you think, Ali? What's your, what's your thoughts on the first game that we've had so far? Yeah, no, it was good. I think it was the um, interesting point was, um, yeah, the players that came off the bench as well. So you kind of get a sense of who his real squad is. Um, so, yeah, we saw Burton, Sadler, Wellens, um, but no Collins. So Collins mm. didn't play in, in the game at all. 
Um, so that was quite yeah. interesting. It is, isn't it? I saw a thing on Twitter that said a few players weren't 100%, but um, I think we're going to come to talk about rumours later on, whereas yeah. there might be something going on with possibly Collins moving on. But um, yeah, it is interesting. As I say, we've got the first game out of the way now, and we've got another preseason game next Saturday at home, haven't we? So we're going to actually physically get to see the players and see how they all knit together and stuff. And, you know, we can only go on what the tactics that the club told us at this point in time. You know, they could, they could have done anything, let's be yeah. honest about it. But I think it's just interesting to see that everybody was getting a game, and that's the sort of thing you'd expect in this first game, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. It's sounds like you might see quite a bit of football as well. Um, I saw online that potentially they're going to play four 30-minute sections. Yeah, it's like an NFL game, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be pretty weird. To be honest, you get your money's worth, though, won't we? You know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be well worth the entry fee if we're doing that. But yeah, it's going to be a strange, strange affair. That really, I don't think I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that before. Have you? No, no, I haven't heard it before. No, it's um, it's got, I think I think I heard about it maybe a couple of years ago as a preseason game, and not actually in front of fans. So mm. yeah, value for money for a preseason game. I wonder if they can do rolling subs. It sounds a bit like the sort of thing you do in the park, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, so anyway, so we should report back on that game in the next episode. But yeah, we can't really say too much more on the Wolves game, can no. we, other than uh, it's, it's happened and we're, we're away and running, aren't we? But um, yes, we shall report back on the uh, the next thing. The, the only thing was I was going to bring up was we had a, a question from an Alec, Alex Crosslin on Twitter saying, what possible formations do you think this is helping us be set up to play and, and looking at the new signings? And have you got any thoughts on that, Ollie? Yeah, I think um, I think it's interesting we're playing a format a different formation. Um 4231 is more of a you might you say a more modern formation. Um a lot of t- Premier League teams play that with only one striker. I'm not sure how a lot of Salah fans will handle that. You know, we're quite <laughs> used to the classic 442 or in more recent years wing backs was two were still two strikers. Mm. Um so no, I think it'd be interesting to see how Ma- um Mickey Mellon does like to play and play different tactics. So yeah, I think it's good that we have some different options. Um Strength midfield, play more fielders. It's obviously a benefit. Yeah, it's just, it's gonna be interesting, isn't it? If we do just going from that one game, if we do start to play that tactic of how many strikers we actually need at the club, if you're only gonna ever be playing one up front. So um, that you know we've obviously got this discussion of maybe strikers heading out and strikers coming in. I think a lot of that's gonna depend on the tactic that Menon wants to work. Obviously, he's gonna have his backup plans, and probably at the end of the day, if things don't work out, he's gonna to revert to type and revert to sort of formats we've played before. So yeah, we'll have to see how it goes, won't we? Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah. Joe Riley, obviously being a very attacking fullback, we probably could play wing backs if we needed to. So yeah, yeah. no, it's um, a flex. Looking, the squad looking interesting. Some good additions. Yeah, talk, talking of the squad, I think it's probably probably a good idea to move on to talking about the changes in the squad since we were last with the uh, listeners. Obviously, Joe Riley, you were talking about there. He's the the last player that we brought in. I think he's the only permanent signing we've made in the intervening period. So, um, yeah, yeah, you you've sort of been having a look at Joe, haven't you, this week? And what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I remember him. He scored a wonder goal um, against Shrewsbury um, against us, um, and that was obviously stuck in my memory. Um, I remember him being a a combative fullback up and down a lot, um, the wings a lot. Um, I've got a couple of um, I've got a Berry friend from uni. I went to uni up in the north in Lancaster, yeah. and he's a good friend of mine. Um, stayed in Contour as a Berry fan, and they were disappointed to lose him but I, but I hear that he fell out with the management no obviously no. you do hear these things um, you never know who's at fault but um, I think in terms of a footballer um, it's definitely a, a great sign and it's good to have a proper right back at the club yeah Mellon likes a bad boy doesn't he as well so he likes to sort of get someone that needs a bit of a turn around so yeah he, it might be a sort of sign that he's after but yeah I say I, I think you know I don't like probably a lot of town fans we, we see these players playing for the opposition until we get to see them physically we can't really take too, make too many judgments but he's certainly a player in a position that we definitely needed at right back isn't he so yeah that's going to be particularly helpful going forward yeah definitely I'll just, um, what we'll do is um, We'll um, tweet out the um, the link to his goal against Shrewsbury. Um, oh, so yeah, a really, really good strike. So yeah, we'll we'll send that out afterwards. 
I forget all the goals people score against us. It's just you know. This 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 one is a memorable goal. It really is. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's a fantastic goal. So yeah, I'll have to look out for that one. <laughs> they're always memorable, aren't they? Yeah. That's the problem. But there we go. So um yeah, so Joe's the only player that we've brought in in this in this period, and obviously we've we've had then some rumours going on, and one of the rumours is that we've got um. Oh, what's this? Something Kane, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Kane got in Smith. On trial. Kane Smith. That's it. Kane Smith. So, I think he's another right back as well, isn't he? Yeah, yes, he is. Yeah, he um he's a he's a player that's been at Hitchin, Hitchin Town, um, a couple of other teams of players teams have been looking in the Premier League. Um, I read that he went on um, trial to the Baggies. Um, yes. So obviously they had a look at him. Um, they yeah. signed him as a midfielder from Luton. Um, and he's cemented his position at right back. So yeah, he's obviously Premier League teams look at him. He can't be too bad. And if we mm. have him and Riley, that means that yeah, right back goes from a position of weakness to a real position of strength. If we sign him, of course. Well, yeah, you don't know. I mean, we don't know how well he played in the in the first game, but I should imagine we'll probably see him. And it probably, I bet he won't be the only trialist that plays in the game next week. If, if we're having these four thirty-minute periods, there's going to be probably quite a lot of players we've never seen before. So, yeah, we'll see how he stands out. If he stands out, but he, I I agree with you. I've I've seen and spoken to a few people, and he's highly rated, isn't he? Yeah, I he believe is. he had, I believe that Crystal Palace were looking at him at one point, yep. and. Um, yeah, so it's the sort of lad that you, you'd be quite excited about signing because it's been a while since we found a gem from the non-league, isn't it, really? And, you know, you can't... Back in the day, I suppose, that used to happen quite a lot at this level, but now it's more lone players coming from bigger clubs, the players that stand out that we bring in. So, yeah, it'd be nice to find a non-league gem and, and bring him in, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. It'd be good to um, have a squad, have a bit of value in it. And obviously, we've benefited from selling mm. um, Woods yeah. and Golds. And so, yeah, I think that's one of the things that Mickey Mellon and the chairman said after... Um, after um, Graham Turner left is that there was no value, you know, value assets in the squad. No. So hopefully, yeah, he could be a good player and also maybe you know help us um, help us um, help the financial situation in the future. Go on, how old is he? Is he quite young still? Yeah, I think he's quite young. Yeah, but we are yeah, talking about good. a player we haven't signed yet. So <laughs> no, well, very true. But let's let's just keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. I think in terms of players we haven't who are undecided is there's a big rumor going around about James Collins going to Crawley as well at the moment, isn't there? So. Um, you know, it could be one of those strikers that we were just talking about going out the door. And I, I think from our chat last week, you're not overly impressed with James Collins, are you? So I don't think you'd be losing much sleep over it. But um, yeah, well, you know, it'd be, it'd be a shame he's done some good stuff for the club if he does go. But I think it's just sort of reached that point where it might not be the worst idea. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's had, you know, he's he was really uh, had a massive contribution for us getting out of League Two on two occasions. I just don't think he's a League One player. So yeah, best of luck to him. He did well when he went to Northampton. He's often scoring. But yeah, I think he's a League Two striker, and hopefully he'll find a League Two. Club. Well, Tyrone Barnett's scoring, isn't he now? Yeah, <laughs> he's got one. So it's it's all pressure, isn't it? Straight yeah. away into preseason. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, never mind. A couple of other rumours <laughs> I've heard is one about Ruben Reed, whose contract oh, yeah. expired at Plymouth, so he wouldn't be a bad sign. And he scored he scored quite a few goals for them. Um, mm. In eighty three games, he scored sixty one. Go- sorry, 80, 61 goals. That would be quite wow. a record. Eighty three games, sixty um, thirty one goals. So quite an impressive strike rate, really. So he would be yeah. a decent addition if we could sign it's- him. There's these players that we all seem to be linked with, you know. Ruben Reed's a name like that we always seem to be linked with Ruben Reed, and we, we always seem to be linked with Chris, Chris Dagnall, weren't we? And yeah. there's these players that seem to be always linked with us, and we never end up signing them. So I don't know. Ruben Reed always Ruben Reed always strikes me as one of those sort of players that oh yeah, we well, might be in for him, and then it never happens. And that's the time of the year, and it? it's the silly season with transfers and stuff, you know, when you got. God, players moving all over the shop now. It's it's just best to just wait and see what happens, isn't it? But it's always interesting to read the rumours. But let's never believe anyone until they happen. Yeah, so exactly. When, yeah. I, I well, it's it's fun, um, and obviously yeah. it's fun to read what it is. But yeah, it's always wait good to wait until Ian posts yeah. something on the on the um, Shrewsbury Times. <laughs> it ain't official till they tweet about it. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, 
Uh, go on. And just, yeah, just one final thing really on transfers then. So obviously, um, sad news to hear that um, Knight Percival's left the club. Yeah, I'm gutted I am. I think, again, from episode one, I think I was pretty clear about what I wanted to happen with Knight Percival. I was desperate for him to stay, really. I think he's the sort of player you build a defence around. And um, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? I don't know if you heard what Mickey Mellon, or oh, sorry, Brian Cordwell said in his... Um, I think we're going to cover this in a bit, but he basically said that it was that the agent they'd not contacted Shrewsbury for a really long period of time, and it was a sort of not very acrimonious way that it all went down, which is unfortunate. But I guess Knight Percival's got to that age where his move he's gone to is is I think he went to Bradford, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. That's that's probably going to be more money than here, just about, and it, it's the sort of move that will probably see him into his mid thirties, and you know he doesn't have to worry then financially, which is a shame. I would have loved him to stay, but you know you can understand some people moving on, can't you? Sometimes. Yeah, moving to the championship, you can't be yeah, grudging that. Right. You know, some chance to test himself at that level, and yeah, hopefully he goes there and plays, and not on the bench, and that would be a shame for him. But yeah, good luck to him. Yeah. No, I agree, I agree. All the best to him, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit upset about that, but there we go. We can't keep everyone that you like. That's the exactly. way it goes, isn't it? Especially at this level. We hardly keep anyone more than a couple of years anyway, which is, said we said last week about Lutweiler signing a contract being the sort of the rarity, really, rather than the, the norm, isn't it? You normally, you'd probably have seen him moving on, but yeah, it's great. It's great that we are keeping some of the players that fans have enjoyed watching over the last few years. So yeah, um, yeah definitely. Yeah, I think I, I think that about covers the ins and outs and potential ins and outs, doesn't it, at the moment? And uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how the squad develops now. It does feel, Ollie, though, that. We're, we're, you know, in a much better position than some other clubs. I say I brought up an example of my um, my boss is an Oldham fan, and he said they returned to pre-season last week or the week before last with five players. Right. That was it. And I was thinking, geez, so it does show you how well Shrewsbury have done their business early in the summer compared to some of the sort of you know relegation rivals of last season. So hopefully we're going to be able to prove that we're the ones that are taking that step forward and, and moving on quickly and saying, look, we've learnt our lessons from last season. So yeah, there's lots of positives to be had by getting a squad in place so quickly. Yeah, no, definitely. Also, when I was looking at the the Wolves game, um, I kind of remember the names coming in, but when you actually get them down on 11 and you see new players are on the bench and players that have played for us last season are on the bench, plus we brought on quite a few, um, so we made quite a few subs at half-time, yeah. seven subs at half-time, and then made another three subs later on in the game, and that doesn't include Collins and also Wesolowski, um, and then also rumours of signing a couple of other players. So no, the squad's pretty much there. So that's yeah, it pretty good. good. It looks good. Wesolowski's an interesting one, isn't it? I wonder what's going on there. It's um, it's certainly dragged out a bit, hasn't it? And you, you wonder the long. It does feel like the longer it drags out, the less chance there is of him re-signing that contract. Yeah, I guess this, we had this last year, didn't we, with um, Granderson and Anak yeah, and they signed in the end. But I guess yeah. I don't know. You don't. You're just guessing here. But maybe the club have offered him like more of a performance-related contract, and he's waiting to see what offers he gets. But, yeah, um, it's, it is interesting. You've got the players, obviously, that left as well, that are still out of contract, like Grandison and Vernon and Clark, who I was running around town the other day and I saw them out for a run together. So they appear to be doing their own pre-season without a club. And you do you do think about players like Wesloski. It's a dangerous game to be playing because there's a lot of reasonably good League One, League Two players out there without a club and without any way of getting a club at the moment. So, yeah, you've got to, you've got to sort of play smart when you're sort of doing these contract negotiations. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so... I think that's uh, yes, say we covers us for um, the players in and out and stuff. Yep. I think we're going to move on to our next topic, which we were talking about being the EFL trophy. Yeah. Which is a funny old thing, isn't it, Ollie? I don't know if you've read about what's quite going on there, but yeah, it's um, the the sort of problems of inviting in a, a Premier League sort of B slash under twenty one team and and what that's going to lead to and what what are your thoughts on that initially? Yeah. So just for those who who may have not heard of this, so the f- change in the Johnson um, Pate Trophy into a group kind of like, you know, European Championship World Cup yeah. type format with with groups and then goes into knockout stage. So the plan is to invite um, 15 Premier League academies plus Newcastle. Yep. So what's your thoughts on it, Glenn? 
I don't like it. I don't like it, Ollie. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I think it's the. I think it's a, it's a thin end, a thin end of the wedge, isn't it? Towards, you know, League Three and inviting sort of um, B teams from the Premiership team into potentially the Football League. So I am dead against it to the point that I probably won't attend any of those games. And you know, uh, doing a podcast and explaining everything I do with the football club is quite rare for me. I, I take something for me to miss a game, but I just. I think I'm one of those people that feels like a lot of fans from all around the country. If you read some of the sort of fanzines and sort of internet sites and sort of news sites that I read about other clubs, because as I do a part, as I do as part of sort of helping do our fanzine and this podcast, there are a lot of fans of a lot of clubs who are just dead set against this happening, and I, I don't particularly blame them. To be honest with you, it seems like a seems like a completely mad idea just for an extra you know million quid prize money that you know most clubs are not going to get anywhere near winning yeah no there's and also quite a few clubs have also rejected it as well yeah and that's the stupidest thing about it all isn't it really it's you come up with this crazy idea that doesn't seem like it's gone down particularly well and then all these clubs you've invited i think so far it's definitely man city and arsenal i think spurs a couple of other premiership clubs have just said well now nah, we don't fancy that we've got we've got our own games and our own you know reserve leagues because i think some of the top clubs play in like a an under 21 sort of Champions they League do, don't yeah. they, in Europe so why would they want to be playing Shrewsbury Town's first res- well probably our reserve team because Mellon was saying in his interview that it gives him a chance to play his reserves so if we're not taking it seriously the Premiership clubs are not taking it seriously I can't see as they've improved the tournament in any way whatsoever no I think it's um, I think it's some bureaucrats in an office thinking yeah. let's try and get some more money and that will help Every money will help but I, I, yeah I, I totally agree it's it's, a, it's one step towards kind of the um devaluing of the football league mm, and mm. yeah if you're if you're man united do you want your kids playing against a couple of thugs in the lower league no um who could get injured or whatever or playing against you know players at their own level at their own you know their own kind of own competitions so yeah i guess i guess see what happens but yeah i, I don't think i'll be overly excited to um, make sure i buy tickets for that one well, you're not going to go to Reddin's Academy team away then? <laughs> no, I think sure. I'll miss that one. <laughs> Surely that's the the biggest fixture of the season we should be waiting for. I'm not sure when the draw for it is. It'd be funny to see who we do end up playing because that'll be uh, that'll be a bit of a, a bit of a shambles. I think the way the group works is that you've got you have to have one of these sort of academy teams in each group, don't you? And then the rest is mixed up with the League One, League Two, and um, other teams. But I, I read today as well that if a lot of the Premiership teams turn it down, they're then going to offer it to the championship teams who've also got League One, League Two status academies so it could end up being like teams like you know Bradford do you know what I mean or, or like their B team I mean what are we what are we running from this what, what, how is this helping English football because that's what they tried to sell it on it's going to help the England football team I think off the back of the shambles that we had a few weeks ago oh well this will help our young English lads coming through are you telling me if we ended up playing you know Spurs' academy team there's going to be that many English players in it I bet it's full of foreign players. It isn't just the whole thing. The whole thing sounds mad to me, but there you go. Yeah, I don't think we're going to improve the um, the English football national football team by playing Shrewsbury Town on a Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> no, it's about those team, those players playing in the Premier League. But I, I do feel strongly about it. I think that you've got to, you know, like a lot of fans are saying, and I think we'll see a build of it as the season develops about how people feel about this tournament and how strongly people will, will feel about it. And you know, it wasn't the best attended tournament. I don't disagree with changing the way that, that tournament works. It, it's, you know, it's it is poorly attended isn't it when you compare it to our other games but you know I don't know what do you think yeah I think the attendances are going to be the kind of the tell and I think if this have less people watching it than before then it's actually going to yeah it's going to do the opposite of what they potentially intended um, and I think also who I can't remember who played in the final was it 
um, one of the Bristol clubs were in the final. Um, you know, that was a day out for them. You kind of devalued it. You know, if, if yeah, Chesterfield went actually, didn't they? Yeah, if you're going there and you're, it doesn't feel, seem fair if you're a, a fan of a team and you're going to Wembley and you're playing, I don't know, Everton's reserves and you're thinking, well, they might put, you know, a couple of Premier League players in there and we're not going to win. And, and I'm not saying, do you know what I mean? It just seems a bit unfair. Mm. But yeah, you don't know what you're getting into. No, I think, and I don't know about you. I mean, I say I'm a little bit older than you, but as a kid growing up, one of my best experiences as a Shrewsbury Town fan was that first trip to Wembley. You know, that J it was what as was the JP. What, what was it? Auto, it was the auto, auto windshield. Glass, that was yeah. auto windshields trophy, and you know, uh, the trip to Wembley and and being a young Shrewsbury Town fan and and experiencing all that. To me, it just makes it more. It just it's a it's a day out for the lower league teams specifically that now could potentially be taken away from us, and it feels a bit. It does feel like a bit we're being cheated a little bit, and I think it's someone I read on a Hartlepool website that each game you play now will make the club ten thousand pounds more in prize money than it did previously. But it doesn't take many. It doesn't take that many fans not to turn up for you to not make that ten thousand pounds in gate receipts. Yeah. So it could end up being a pretty pretty nil impact really yeah and it's also if you know if it doesn't do well this year it'll do even worse the year after and then yeah it'll yeah. be just like it'll almost be viewed as maybe yeah just games that people don't turn up for we shall see ollie we shall see yeah yeah okay well there we go so uh, thanks to i think uh was it keith barrow for that question on twitter yep. um yeah he, he described it as the off the wall jpt so i think that's quite a good description of it isn't it so um yeah i think we, we just also discussing that it also has an impact on the fact that we've withdrawn from we've with shoe town have withdrawn from the reserve league this year um, so we're not going to play reserve football and I think that leads into the, what Mellon was saying about using the JPT as a place to play reserves so I know it, it kind of sort of ma- seems to match up with the reason we might have pulled out the reserve matches I don't know yeah so yeah so Mick, what Mickey Mellon was saying is that um, they've decided to pull out of the reserve league um, we'll have a smaller squad this year um, yeah. and he said that with the injuries we had last year even with a, a slightly bigger squad we ended up putting the youth um, team in the reserves mm. which is not the best not best for their development no. um, so he says that you know a game would come round we'd struggle to get enough players fit and run enough players in the game the youth players would come and it just seemed like a bit of a, a stretch so yeah there's extra those three confirmed games in the um, in the trophy um, will mm. give us the chance to, to have those players that aren't playing um, yeah will have the chance to perform and get a 90 minutes under their belt yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, we've pulled out, intermittently pulled out of reserve leagues and then gone back into it and pulled out of it over the years, haven't we? It's been a sort of a movable feast depending on the manager and the way the season works. So I t- does it really have much of an impact on the on the, on the the season? I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it's one of those ones you just have to trust the manager and his decisions in those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, they're no best. And it was interesting as well, um, um, Mickey Mellon was saying how... Um, they can keep players fit through training and things like that. So yeah, I think less yeah. less games are better, and yeah, focus on our focus on the first team football. It's a different world, isn't it? I, I was reading the thing about the, in training now they've got these new GPS monitors, haven't they? So they can track every single sort of kilometer that they work in training and on the pitch. And it sounds like an incredibly complex system. And it's just, again, I think I briefly mentioned in the last episode, having met Mickey Mellon towards the end of last season, how the football club has moved to a statistics based approach as to how they do their business and I think this is just another level of it within the sort of training regime that is going to add to that yeah no actually um, yeah one of the things that's not on our on our agenda but I think it's worth discussing no. is um, how we've now got a you know almost a you know an analyst not a scout but an analyst analyzing players um, yeah. and yeah I think it's just we're catching up with the Premier League and you know it's not like in the old days where you used to have the European Championships and people used to find players you know like Carol mm-hmm. Paborski and Patrick Berger and people like that kind of out of nowhere I think everyone knows every player now so 
yeah, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see um, how we get on because this summer of transfer is a, is a massive summer for Mickey Mellon. Potentially, is defining is defining um, pre-season um, as yeah. a shooter town manager. Yeah, I think I think you're right. To be honest, with you. he's got to get it right, hasn't he? As we discussed last week, but um, yeah, so far so good. But as I said, as I, as I've said to you many times, Ollie, after many seasons of thinking we're doing okay in in the sort of transfer business, it comes to start of the season, and your thoughts are all just blown out the water, aren't they, by what we see on the pitch? So let's hold our powder on making judgments of these new players until we're ten games in. So um, yeah, I think that covers us for the for the on the pitch stuff, doesn't it? But um, we were going to quickly have a quick chat now about the off off the pitch things that are going on at the football club at the moment. Um, for me personally, I thought I wanted to bring up what's been going on with the sports parliament over the summer, just so so people are aware. Um, I'm one of the people that's been sort of helping out with the sports parliament um, under Mike Davis and Roger Groves, the chairman. Um, and over the summer, we've had two schemes going on, um, one which is to provide a memorial garden um, after the, the last one was sort of moved for the new um, community hub. And also we've um, had a proposal to print or paint all of the South Stand, which is finished pretty much as of this morning I'm covered in paint now store um, and it's looking fantastic the the colour and the light it brings into it is amazing to be honest with you and it's needed doing isn't it yeah so what's the plan with the painting and so what kind of areas are the painting and what's the kind of plan going forward is it a plan to paint all the state all the stands yeah so the football club to be fair to them have helped us out massively by providing the paint and the the fans through the sports department have provided the labor so you know it's kind of a, a win-win really um so for the moment we've, we've come up with a series of phases basically so phase one is to get the south stand done um because it's the first time we've done anything like that and it seemed like a good idea to have a go at the smaller stand first so um over the last three weeks we've been going in at the weekend and in the evenings and we've basically now got three base coats on all the walls in the south stand concourse both sides of the both sides of it um and it looks brilliant and that's just a base coat of white the next stage now working with jamie um jamie and the community team is to now come up with some stenciled ideas of statistics or facts about the football club or it could be anything we've now got a sort of canvas if that's if that's you know under if, we've got a canvas basically to work with um and what we're going to do at the open day along with the community team is come up with a range of ideas and try and get people's thoughts and feelings on it and maybe have a vote about the sorts of things they'd like to see so we want to involve the fans now we've done this first bit of legwork yeah no that sounds good yeah so it should be good but honestly i was in there this morning and then it's just light and airy and it doesn't feel like the depressing concourse that we previously had so hopefully if you're going down to one of the, the pre-season game next saturday or you're going down to um the open day yeah, if you've got any feedback for us on that um, that you want to sort of give us on the podcast, that'd be really nice to hear and, and sort of understand what people's thoughts and feelings are about how we could then bring it to that next level now of sort of having that splash of blue and amber um, on the walls. So that's good. And the, the, the Memorial Garden is looking fantastic. I have to say the, the OSC have particularly, and, and the Super Blues have contributed financially, but um, Simon Moore, I don't know if you'll mind me saying his name, has worked fantastically over the summer. Um, he's helped plant it. He's helped. Uh, he comes from a, an agricultural background in his job, I believe. But yeah, he's a nice cherry tree in the middle of it. Um, we've got a nice tarmac area for people to go in there now the turf has gone down we've planted a, a number of roses and there's a specific um reason why we pick roses they're a hardier plant considering it's you know can be a bit sort of windswept at the top of the ground so if you know where it is when you come into the ground you've got the gate the green gate it's just the left hand side of that green gate so again that should be a nice place for people to sort of have their you know family ashes spread and, and have as a memorial area for sort of town fans that we've lost over the years so i think it's been good to see these things sort of happening at the ground over the summer and particularly for me how the football club have engaged with the sports parliament and we brought these schemes together within a quite short period of time and, and it's 
positive for the future, really. Yeah, no, it's been um, it's been a it's been a big change, isn't it, since when Mickey Mellon joined and also Matt Williams joined. There's a lot yeah. more community um, projects. There's a, the walking football. There's some um, disabled football teams. You know, it yeah, really makes the um, yeah, it makes you proud to support Shrewsbury when they're doing these kind of pieces of work in the community. And it, we know we're not just a football club that's on the on the outskirts of town. We're we are part of the community, and yeah, it's trying to get everyone involved. So no, it's really good. Yeah, I, someone said something similar this morning and when we were doing the painting about it, it's made him feel proud to support his football club again. And that's exactly what, what we need it to be and that's exactly what it, it has been. So, yeah, any feedback anyone's got on the stand and what sort of things you'd like to see, we'll probably, you know, the supporters parliament would like to hear, but also if you want to put it through the podcast, we'd be uh, we'd be great to hear. The other, the other off-the-pitch stuff was we, we had a video from Brian Cardwell this week, didn't we? Yeah, we did, um, yeah. And he brought up some interesting things. Uh, did, you, did you see what he said? Yeah, he did, yeah. So there's a few interesting things. Obviously, um, the... The design of the stadium has often been criticised, hasn't it, for um, the amount of space for like the club shop and things like that. But no, it really seems seems good that Brian um, Cadwell's kind of listened to the fans and made a few changes. So the things I've seen is that there's going to be a ticket office in the West Stand to try and help. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, you because know, people, you know, it was it was frustrating. You get to the game a bit late, or you know, you're you're. At, a fan that doesn't go to every game and you make a last minute decision you've got to queue up so that's good and then also having a club shop in the family stand which is hopefully you know kids can get what they want without being crushed into that kind of little shop and so mm. no that's really it's really good no i think it's good i think he'd, he'd mentioned he wanted to make the south stand that uh, say on the principle we've been talking about before he wanted to make that the the sort of end for the singers as well but um i think that's more of a difficult thing for him to achieve but yeah i've, I've met brian a few times actually when he first joined the football club he wanted to meet a few of us from the sports parliament to walk around the stadium and for us to explain the issues with the stadium and access and the reasons why that might have affected people not coming so much anymore and he was brilliant he listened to everything we said he took detailed notes which is obvious but he also actioned a lot of it straight away and he's he's you know now talking about looking at super blues way they've basically they've already gone and killed all the weeds on it normally the first pre-season game we're all sort of trudging through the weeds on the way in but he's been proactive and got it sorted before anyone's even started to come to the ground so he is definitely a doer we, we've sort of described him as a doer and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how he works with the fans going forward yeah no definitely um obviously the biggest test is in terms of the players he signs but you know it's great to see what he's been doing um off the pitch so that's really good no, it's good. It's good that we've it's good that we found another chief executive who wants to work with the fans and understands that they are the most important thing about a football club. You know, we can pay for players and they can do the job on the business, but at the end of the day, we've all me and you have been here longer than any player. You know, we've pretty much been Shrewsbury Town fans as long as Roland, well, not as long as Roland Witchley, but you know what I mean. We've been here more than anyone of the sort of playing staff and the management staff. So that's the thing about fans. You've got to sort of take them with you, otherwise it can end up being a, a an all different ball game, can't it? it? Certainly can. Certainly can. Yeah. So I think that's yeah, I think that's the close for Salop News. Yes, there was a lot of it. As I say, it'll be interesting to see when we get onto the the games at the start of the season and uh, start talking football rather than what's going on off the pitch. But it is is also important to cover these things as well because we want this podcast to be for the exiles. We want this podcast to be for everyone that might not know all of the news that's going on. It's just another channel for us to get that information out there. And as I say, we've we've been speaking about getting third voices involved, haven't we, Ollie? And I think this is the sort of area where there are people that know more about the the details of what's going on with the Sports Parliament or the details of what's going on with the community team. And it'd be good to try and see if we can get them involved. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Revelations Shrewsbury have been full of ideas, full of confidence, and a lot of football. So, Glyn versus Ollie. Uh, we had our we had our first week of our little internal battle last week, didn't we, Ollie? Yeah, we did. Um, we picked the uh, the Wales versus Portugal game, didn't we? And sorry, no, we picked the Wales versus Belgium game. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. 
I got the right score, just the um, wrong way around. <laughs> and I got the wrong score, but I actually had Wales to win. You there did. you go. I said I was going to say it for my dad, didn't I? So uh, he was more than happy. My dad was out on holiday in Austria at the time, and he said he was going crazy out in Austria, and all these Austrian people didn't know what he was going on about. But there we go. Um, but yes, so I am on one point, and you are on zero points, Ollie, yep. so you've got a lot of work to do. So we're going to pick, we're, we're literally recording this on the, the sort of five minutes before the uh, the uh, European Championships final started. Have you watched any of the sport today, Ollie? Just out of interest. I have, yeah. It, isn't it? it has, yeah. I've been, I watched the tennis, which is obviously a great result for Murray. And I w- yeah. also watched the Formula One, which is uh, yeah, start under the safety and car, but no, great win. So yeah, good, um, two good wins. It for was, Britain. and I, I also got a bit of a passion for cycling. So I've been watching the Tour de France today. And I think of the, of the three main cycling jerseys, you can get three of them are British people as well. So yeah, pretty good day for British, British sport. Anyway, I want France to win tonight. We're, we're going to predict that as our next game now, the France, um, the France-Portugal uh, game. I'm going for France to win, but I'll tell you why I'm going for it, Ollie. is that I entered a prediction league before the start of this tournament and uh, I can win 75 quid if France win. So, nice. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, you know, that's that's good enough for me. I don't very, very rarely win any money on these sort of things, so that's that'll be good. So, I'm going to go for France to win. Home advantage, I'm going to go 2-0. Okay, so I'm just going to go for France as well. I've got a, I've got a friend, a friend from school, little school, um, who's at the game, and also a friend from when I used to work for Mondelez Cabaret's oh, wow. at the game. So I've got two friends actually at the game tonight. So yeah, I, th- I want, want, I want France to win, and I think France will win. I think yeah. it's um, everything that's been happening in France in the last few years, um, and I think they're a great team as well. You know, they seem to have a real team spirit. Um, they've got a lot of good, exciting young players that make that perfect blend of old and young. So no, I hope France win. I think it'll be a good, a good story. And you went for two 0 didn't you? So yeah. Okay, so I'll go for. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for three one. I'm gonna go for three one again. I'm gonna go for go for gold. A classic final. Yeah, it probably won't be. It'll probably be really boring, and it'll go to extra time, yeah. and Ronaldo will miss a penalty. But we'll well, see. let's see. We'll see how we're good at predicting in European Championships game. It's going to be more interesting when we start predicting Shrewsbury Town scores. It will, yeah. <laughs> Unless we both <laughs> predict one nil wins or one nils away. Well, we should no. Come on, we we've been to so many Shrewsbury Town games. You should be getting it right every week. Yeah, we? exactly. <laughs> uh, what have you thought of the Euros just in just in general? Really, I know you went out to the Euros, and so did I. So, what was your experience like? What did you sort of? Where did you go, and what did you think of the tournament in general? Yeah, no, it was good. I went to, I went to the. Um, I got tickets for the Ireland versus Sweden game so that was great that was two sets of fans that were you know really it was just in the kind of just at the end after the Marseille issues um, with England fans so it was obviously nice to be at a game which was a good atmosphere you know a lot of fans jumping around and having a lot Mm. of fun together Um, I'd like to have actually gone it's a shame I didn't go to a game in a smaller city obviously Paris being so big so many tourists you kind of blend in I did go to the fan park um, and that was quite that was quite good Um, but yeah I think if you went to a smaller town or city you probably would have felt because I think you did, didn't you? You went to a smaller yeah. town. Well, Marseille seemed pretty big for yeah. a man from Shrewsbury. But yeah, we went to Marseille to see... Um, there were sort of seven, six town fans that went out. One of us couldn't go, unfortunately, right near the end, which is a shame. But um, yeah, we went out to see two games. So we saw Iceland versus Hungary. So we we were witnessed the clap, which I'm sure we're going to see at all the League yeah, Two games and League One games now, which is going to look awful, I think. But yeah, there is. we go. I totally agree <laughs> with that. It's, it's club shouldn't be. I think if there's something like like the Poznan and things like that, yeah. I think it's sad when you. I think there'll be a lot of. Um, Teams trying to copy Wilgur on fire. Yeah, they will. Which has been a well, seeing like seeing the um, Northern Ireland fans sing that chant um, when they beat Ukraine. That was a ph- phenomenal, one of the best moments I yeah. think of the, the, the tournament for me. I think. Yeah, it was cracking, wasn't it? To be fair, we, yeah. So we went to see we went to see Iceland versus Hungary, and we also saw Poland Ukraine. Um, to be fair, the Iceland and the Hungary fans are amazing. They were really, really passionate, really good. Um, by the time we saw the Poland Iceland uh, Poland Ukraine game, the Poland fans, the Island, Ukrainian fans, had pretty much given up because they'd not won a game and yeah. they lost again. So they weren't the most passionate months. But the, the whole experience of, of the trips to the European Championships was brilliant. To be honest with you, I thought 
it, it takes a bit of I don't know if it was like you but it takes a bit of sort of organisation and stuff but it's certainly one of those things that I'll probably only do once in my lifetime so um, yeah I would recommend a trip to do a European Championships to any Shrewsbury Town fans listening if you can sort it out when you're a bit older and you can go with your mates and stuff it's a, it's a cracking cracking time out I went to see the um, England game in one of the fan parks Ollie and it was when they played Slovakia and yeah. the, fa- the fan park in Marseille is right by the beach yep. and there's literally like a little bit of like Harris fencing that stopped you from sort of being on the beach and so we got in there and basically the England fans sang don't take me home for about 45 minutes and interspersed with that we're saying and if England score we're on the beach and I thought oh, this would be amazing if England score everyone would be in the beach there'll be a big party everyone been drinking and what was the score? Nil-nil versus Slovakia. It was it was one of the dampest squibs to a fan park you could ever experience. It was dreadful. No, Eng- England were terrible. Utterly, they were. utterly terrible. We, we, we've, we had a pact, haven't we, Ollie, that on this podcast we're not going to talk about England because they annoyed yeah. us so much over the summer. No, yeah, let's not talk about them. <laughs> no. So there we go. So that's our predictions anyway and our little bit of uh, background on what we did at the Euros. So, um, yeah, do you want to take us out, Ollie? Yeah, so um, at the end of our second episode, so and thanks to those who um, who are following us on Twitter. Um, we can follow us on Twitter at, um, at Salopcat. Um, you can send us questions and yeah thanks to those guys Alex and Keith who did send us questions um, yeah we had quite a lot of questions didn't we yes yeah, no it was yeah. really good and um, yeah so you can follow us on there or you can also send us questions when we um, send the links out onto Blue and Amber onto Facebook um, so yeah no please send your questions in um, also it'd be great if we can um, you know interview fans and get their thoughts at the stadium yeah so I'm going we're going to the um, I'm going to be going to the next uh, pre-season game um, at home and we're hoping to sort of try and interview some fans outside the ground and get their thoughts on what their their initial ideas and feelings are on the first sort of game and, and the players and, and who they've seen. So, yes, if you get sort of a strange man coming up and starting to ask any questions about the game, it's probably me. So, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to get some other voices on. And we've also, as we said in the first episode, got some more regular guests to sort of join us and we've got them lined up now. So it's just a case of, with with these things, recording podcasts can be a bit of a tricky thing at times. So it's just a case of trying to get the right time in people's diaries and sort of that sort of thing out. Behind the, behind the scenes stuff that you're probably not really interested in, but yes, we will we will get there eventually, won't we? Yeah, definitely will. So yeah, so yeah, looking forward to the season starting. Looking forward to talking about some football and yeah, um, the season's we, not too far away now. Yeah, and we've we've tried to say that we're probably going to bring this at least weekly now, aren't we? Maybe yeah, we will. Seven to ten days, something like that, and then when the season starts, that's going to cover us nicely. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thanks for another episode, Ollie, and I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. And we shall see you in episode three of the Salopcast. Thanks see, very much. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Turns out we were right. The European Championship final was rubbish.